What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Navel Gazing with Josh and Jimbo. We just want to remind you that if you see a navel, it's your right. Actually, it's your responsibility to gaze. What's up, Jimbo? Hey, Josh. How are you doing? Well, let's put it this way. It's 12.13 p.m., and I am not working on a Monday. And no, I'm not <clears throat> Yeah, 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 yeah. But apparently there's yeah. someone in my school district that's sick. I heard about that. Uh, just so it be known, I am on lunch. Um, so we're so we're sneaking this in on a lunch break, but uh, oh, but but a but a full day for uh for Mister for Mister D. Um, yeah, I I heard all about that. Uh, Elk Grove School District shut down because one family sick from the coronavirus. Is that right? You know, I'm not sure because uh, conflicting um, information has come out suggesting that um that there is a member of a family that is sick. So it may not even be that there is an actual child that has been infected yet. But I don't know. Oh, and, and I'm scheduled to do junior uh, junior prom on Saturday, and um, I'm not sure yet whether or not that's occurring. Wow! I actually yeah. heard that a, from another from a Facebook friend uh, whose daughter's junior prom was being canceled, and I believe there I thought they were in Elk Grove. So I don't know if they're in the Elk Grove school district or a different district in Elk Grove, or just completely, or if I got it yeah. wrong. But, uh, different proms are, are dated differently, and so if that person's prom was on Saturday, it would have been canceled. I don't okay, know if that Saturday is okay. okay. I got you. Right. <laughs> okay, I got you. So it's not a, a district-wide thing. Could have been a different school in the district whose prom was less. Okay. Correct. Because e- either way, I mean, either way, that is kind of a bummer for the kids who look forward to it. Kind of a relief for the kids that uh, weren't. Right, and the teacher. <laughs> Right, right, right. It's it's a it's a crazy thing. Uh, the whole thing is, I don't know if people are overreacting or not, and I guess only time will tell, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I did get to take advantage on Friday, um, this coming Friday. I'm gonna go see stand up comedy at um, uh, the Last Unlimited. That was twenty dollars a ticket up through Groupon. I got four tickets for twenty two dollars. Well, good for you. Based on what I'm hearing about public gatherings, those, they should be paying you to go to that event. <laughs> Hook it up. <laughs> right. This, this ain't just a two-drink minimum. There, yeah, there's this is a two-drink minimum we give you. <laughs> uh, but but, but all, all, all kidding aside, uh, I hope it does not prove to be as serious as everyone is fearing. Um, hey, uh, and, and we'll maybe table that because I, I don't know how to keep it with any levity, and I don't have enough um, information to keep Yeah, it I, I don't think anyone does. Right? Nope. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, so um, so I think we talked about it. I don't know if we made it on the program, but we hinted at it. We were going to try watching Avenue 5 uh, on oh, HBO. Yeah, yeah. We're, by the way, HBO is not paying us for this discussion, though no. we're open, HBO. HBO. <laughs> um, <laughs> Executive. If, if, if any one of our fourteen <laughs> listeners happens to know anyone at the home uh, home box office, 
understand that 14 to 17. Okay, even better. Maybe three of those are from HBO. But what I'm saying is, is if it gets around what, what sort of uh, influence we wield over the uh, social media space with our content, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, we're open to some sort of discussion about competition. We'll watch any of your programs. We'll say whatever you want about it. We'll gaze oh, away. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, back to Avenue 5. Did you watch the first episode? Okay. Um, I did. Here's the thing. That I felt that it was very bold. And um, I felt that it was interesting in the context of the Orville. I don't know. Do you, do you know about the Orville? I know of it. I have not seen it. It is a similar, like, sort of satire on Star Trek. But um, it's done by Seth MacFarlane. And so the timing of this with that seems interesting to me. And the notion of who the audience is is interesting to me. Um, I felt like they they went bold. And um, I liked it, but I don't know how idiosyncratic I am and how much what I like is not necessarily what the world likes. I but I don't know. I don't, okay, I, well, I don't keep, keep 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 aside from what the world thinks. So, I mean, if you're trying to predict whether or not the show is going to stick around for a long time based on that, you can't. You have no control over that. Just did you like it? And you. It sounds like you're saying yes, you liked it. Um, I did you, like it. I did like it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was clever. I thought it was loving in its interpretation of the source material. Um, and I'm. It, it set me up so that I'm curious as to what their plans are for the future. Which, yeah. what, what, I, what more can you ask for from a show? Yeah, it, yeah. When when last talked about on the show, uh, you know, I said it had its um, uh, debit credit. And um, uh, that sounds very transactional. I don't, I don't approve of that language. Right. Well, you know that was that was that was the context of the show, right? Pros and cons. There were things about it I liked, things about it I didn't like. Um, and the, so I'm trying to – the thing about it is part of the issues is it, it, I feel like there are some critical characters, and maybe we just don't know enough about them yet, that they they haven't gripped me in a way that I find to be likable, even characters that are supposed to be unlikable. So there's the guy that owns the whole company. Um, right, right. What is What's his, what's his character's name? I don't know. I don't pay attention to that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me neither, uh, obviously. It's okay. But you kind of, you know, the chubby blonde guy who who kind of owns right. everything. His, his characterization is unlikable. Uh, yeah, but but likable. He's kind of, he's likable. He's, 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 he's a smarmy, horrible person, but, his, but because it's funny, it's acceptable, right, uh, and, and likable. There's the guy who I guess is like the, the uh, guest relations guy who's kind of the, the skinny, goofy guy who said he was a nihilist, right? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's not especially likable. And I know he's not supposed mm-hmm. to be likable. He's but... the guy from Veep, right? Have you watched Veep? No. Okay. He's from what, V? Veep. The, uh, the HBO Veep. show. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I watched Veep. I, I have I have watched Veep. Uh, I I wouldn't know what character he was on Veep. 
uh, unless he was if he was in a later season, I wouldn't have recognized him. But I, mm-hmm. um, um, but either way, either way, I I didn't find I didn't I didn't relate to his character in a I mean oh no relate. okay how about he, he he's from Silicon Valley. Another program I don't watch. So that, that's how that's how tuned into pop culture I am. So maybe right. my opinion doesn't mean jack squat, um, but obviously, <laughs> obviously. Uh, then there's the uh, the kind of busy the, the busybody lady. She's especially unlikable. And when I say likable, unlikable, I think about the show, shows like The Office, where you have uh, Michael or um, Dwight. They're not good guys. But somehow you kind of like spending time with them and watching what, what they're going to do or say next, right? Um, and that's what I mean. These characters, they, I just kind of wince. I'm like, ah, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just kind of bothered by you. And that was kind of how I felt about their characterization, so I'm hoping that gets around. Uh, but in general, I like the concept of the show. It's kind of – you kind of love Boat in Space, I guess, in a way, Right. Right. I mean, well, I, I, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like a love boat trapped in space, though. Cause yeah, it's right. Like, yeah. Right. You know, and, and then, of course, it's done with all the same, as has been the, the trend in shows for the last 15 years, is to have, it's like, a, a whole series of uncomfortable moments. Yes, I agree. Right. But All right. But did uh, I did watch the second episode. What? Uh, did you watch House? Yes. No, I've seen episodes of House. I've never seen one, you? so I, don't, I can't really compare his um, acting to that particular show. But I hear it's good. Right. Well, the captain, the captain is a good character. The captain is a well-written, well-portrayed character in in the context of Avenger Five. Dig the captain. He, he's he's one of he's one of the good good moments. He'll, pro- he'll, he'll probably obviously have to get more play because he's better than some of the others. We'll see where right. it goes. So why don't you okay. watch the second episode, and we'll go on to the uh, second. And we'll, we'll, I we'll will. And it. so let's talk Frank Sinatra. What, what, what's your <clears> thing about Frank Sinatra in general? Uh, well, obviously he's, a, he's an icon. And uh, he's a force of pop culture history that would not have gotten as big had he not there had not been had there not been something there, right? Beautiful voice, beautiful beautiful yeah. voice. Uh, when I was a bartender, there was a customer who was very very idiosyncratic, um, almost like Rain Man, uh, and he would come in every morning and he had to get there early. And he would insist, and I would have to comply, on putting it on the Sinatra station on Sirius Radio. And I would have to listen to the Sinatra station for the first two hours of my day, every day. Oh, wow. No matter what. And um, and I just probably got a little sinatra out as a result of that experience. And, and probably not – and not that I dis- ever disliked it, but some mornings – you don't want to hear the same thing, right? Right. You know, can you make, you know, so, uh, so when you kind of texted me, hey, let's, uh, let's talk about Sinatra and why don't you listen to this album, I was open to it. I was o- as open to it as I could be. Um, but and that's kind of where I'm at with my. Well, the, the album is in the wee small hours of the morning. 
Yeah. I think that's significant to identify that. Okay. Yes. 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 Part. Part. Pardon. Pardon the uh, the the overlooking. But yeah, no, we no. small hours in the morning. That's a great song. Great song. But that's my relationship with Sinatra right now. I'm working on it. You know, me and me and Frank. Um, but and and uh, you, what 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 are your thoughts? Well, here's the thing: is the reason why I thought about it in the first place is because I saw this. Um, there's this book called like a thousand one records that to listen to before you die, and this was the first album. And I'm not really that familiar with Sinatra's uh, work in general, and of, of course I know of him as a uh, you know presence. But um, I listened to this first, and I listened to the whole album. It was such a gorgeous, sad, melancholy album, and it was so holistically um, synced that um, that it just it just struck me. And I didn't know about this, but this this is his ninth album, and um, he was kind of on the downhill um, run in 1955. And it's also called, he um, dated this actress, Ava Gardner, and it's also called the Ava album. And um, it was, like, it speaks to his, the dissolution of that relationship. And up until that point, he had been kind of like this cool cat, you know, swinging, all that sort of thing. And um, not knowing that context when I heard that, um, it was just, I was really moved by it. I really feel like that some legitimate stuff that I missed out on when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. And I guess what we don't think about it because in the past, you know, now that I know a little bit more about the history, I, he's not a songwriter, right? He's a, he's a singer. Yeah, and he's yeah. a great singer, but he's, but he's not a songwriter. So I, I, I tend to think of the, the non the non, excuse me, the non-songwriters as being, especially from that era, as being guys that just, you know, the record company says, here, do these songs, and they say, you know, show me the money, and they move on and record and do it. But knowing what one may know about the history, it sounds like he may have had more creative control over which songs he wanted to put out than, than that. Right. Right. Well, um, like, this is considered like the first um, shoot. What's uh, first concept album? Concept. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, the song in the wee small hours of the morning was recorded by other artists before and since, including my boy John Mayer, which I haven't been able to track down. But supposedly, he recorded it too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Intriguing, eh? Yeah, it is intriguing. I think he was also transitioning to be more of an actor during this period, so that may have coincided with, you know, because um, he, he was, you know, and he he wasn't by by. Let's see, I'm looking it up. By the 1950s, how old would he have been? Uh, he was like in his 30s. Oh yeah, Young 30s. Oh, over the hill, over right. the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, uh, um, I listened to the first four yeah, tracks. The first four tracks. And I, I, and I was very familiar with the song in the small hours of the morning uh, because that one was played almost all the time on Sirius. Um, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful song. Um, and, I mean, it, it just on whoever wrote it, who who did write it? Um, two guys, I don't know. 
David Mann and Bob Hilliard. And Park I think, I think of, right, but I, I think of, I, I think of when I was thinking of it, it's, it's such a, when you say melancholy, you know, that's the time you miss her most of all. Right. And her, her makes you think it's a specific person. In fact, um, it's a, it's a she. And really, I mean, at that hour, it's not even about a person. The song is just about loneliness. And it captures it so well. Uh, in oh, the yeah. melody, in, in the lyrics. And I'm going to guess, quite frankly, that in anyone's version of it, um, you know, that it's, the song is inherently so good that I don't know that anyone, um, you know, could, uh, could make it bad. Well, I'm sure someone, I'm sure someone could make it bad. I'm sure I could. <laughs> right, 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 right. So are you, are, so are you going to listen to more Frank Sinatra? Um, no, I, you know what? I can't remember what's next on the list. Um, I will let you know so that we can keep up to date on this. But, can I get put, can I put you on the spot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you heard this song for the, the album, did it make you think of specific people in your life? And you don't have to say who, you just have, it's a yes or no question. <sighs> I don't good think, enough answer. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I, 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 I had to think about it, and um, I don't think so. But it made me connect with that sensation. And it's interesting too. One of the things that I read was that he was perhaps remarkably woke, in that he was depressed about the fact that a female was not calling him back for the time. Uh, yeah. So, um, I don't. Think, uh, woke, woke, or just arrogant? Well, no, no, she's not opposite. calling me back. She's yeah. not calling me I, at all. Right, right. Yeah, it's broke. The brokenhearted, the brokenhearted. Right. You know, um, can I can I put you on the spot with one other question? Because the song is a sad song. Okay. It's not related to Frank Sinatra or this album, but music in general. Are there songs? That by or can you name a song? And this is kind of a it's going to be kind of a Barbara Walters moment. And I'll and I'll confess to some of mine that are almost guilty. Name a song that has made you cry, or an album. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a song by John Mayer um, from the last album, which was the um, the first song on that album. And all of a sudden, I'm blanking on what the name of it is. Which is strange. Still feel um, like you're there. What's that? Yeah, still yeah. Still feel like yeah. you're there. That song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he talks about like I still keep your shampoo in the shower, um, just in case yeah. you want to. Yeah, no, that that song just breaks me. Um, that's probably yeah. the, the only one that I could think of. Uh, still feel, <clears throat> uh, still feel like your man. That's the name of it. Yeah, that's right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get it either. But, you know, I, he's not my boyfriend, so I shouldn't have to be having it on Instant Recall. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I, I have a really guilty one I'm going to confess to. Um, when I listened to the Les Miserables soundtrack, there's about five songs that got me on that one. Fast. And the older I, yeah, the older I get, the more it guts me. Because they're not necessarily, you know, uh, and that's that story 
in retrospect, is such a melodrama, but it's still so good. And I think it's becoming more relevant given the time that – where it was set and what was going on within the history of France at that time and kind of where it feels like – sometimes feels like where the world is headed today. Yeah. I agree. Because, you know, for people that don't know, set in post-French Revolution times, um, you know, late 1700s, early 1800s, which is a time where there was uh, a, a huge discrepancy, a huge disparity between the, the wealthy class and the and the peasant class. Um, and just some of the – and everyone's personal story, uh, so amazing. Uh, the the, the, the um, there, There's a song – I urge you to go look up uh, um, I Dreamed a Dream of Time Gone By. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. What a song. Oh, my goodness. About the uh, you know, the Fontaine character thinking about her life and what, you know, what happened, what the things, the events that led to her having her daughter and the sacrifices she had to make and the mistakes that she made and how brokenhearted and, and how it broke her. Ugh. Ugh. And I don't, and I probably didn't even like that song when I was younger. That was probably my least favorite song on the soundtrack. But I was, I don't know what made me listen to the soundtrack, but I was gardening and that, I had to stop what I was doing to that song. Um, uh, but there's like four or five of the song. Uh, and then the character, Jean Valjean, when he is confronted by the Javert character and just knowing their backgrounds and their, it's, it's just amazing. Like the way in which the, the, it's written and the way they're talking to each other, I urge that too. The judgments that they make about each other that are wholly wrong, and yet so right, and you understand why they're making it. It's tragic. Yeah. Great, great. Gr- gr- I know it, it's less personal, but in some no. ways, per, you know, it's yeah, less personal than a love song. But it's still it, the way the way in which I relate to some of the characters. Big time. Well, you know, I feel the utter humanity of that gesture and that feeling, and that's what makes it personal. Which is not about a single relationship. It's about humanity. Right. Which, yeah. I guess, is what navel-gazing is all about. I guess so. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still kind of in, in the head about, about, about some of that stuff. Well, anyway, man, um, that's what navel-gazing is all about. And what, what, we should probably, you know, kind of cut it and wrap it up. But for anyone who's still listening... Uh, what, do, what do they say on the other podcast? Naval Gazing is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe yeah, and listen. Yeah, yeah, that is certainly true. Apple and, and uh, Spotify. And talk to your friends. Feel free right. to um, share this information. And you can even you can even say, "Listen to these guys who think they have something to say. They're ridiculous." And that's okay because I'm I'm after that home box office money. Okay. So, and uh, and. If you've seen um, Avenue 5, Episode 2, that will be a discussion for next time. If you right. have um, heard Elvis Presley's debut album, that's the next song, or that's the next album on this list of discussions. And oh, I know, I know that know. one. I, I know, oh, you know, I, know. I know that one, and I know I that one wait. well. Very well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Until next good. time. Take care. All right, man. See you. Bye.